0: Welcome back to Grid, Iron, Gamble, the only podcast that puts its money where its mouth is. I'm your host, Rich Ryan, and I'm joined by the entire collective, the Disciple, Brett Colson, Donnie, D.P. Peters, and the resident moose himself, Monawara. Nawara. It is a DFS Thursday, which means we will be getting you ready for your DraftKings lineups. We'll give you some advice that you can also use in season long, and it's a good thing that we started doing this DFS podcast this year. Because while our Super Contest submission has been crap all around, we've been hitting some homers here on the DFS pod. Multiple double-digit touchdown guys last week. Mo pulled something Tyler Croft out of his pocket. We had two hosts on Devin Funchess. Uh We gave Deshaun Watson some love. Good picks all around, gents. Well done. I'm very happy. Yeah, you made how money.
1: Did, how you, did they not make any money then?
2: <laughs>
0: DP made money. DP's rule yeah. of only
2: following. You don't. You don't listen to the pro. You don't trust the process. You got. Yeah. You got to just stick with us. You can't. You can't go off the reservation at all. It just doesn't work like that.
1: Come on, that Brent. cam call was just brilliant last week. That cam fungus stack.
0: Cam fungus stack for all the money. Patriots' worst defense in the league by DVOA. What about you, Mo? Did you follow the collective? Did you make any money, or did you two go off the reservation? Brick City. <laughs> you brick- Explain explain to me
1: how you went brick
0: city when you had a
1: Dalton Green Croft stat. <laughs> yeah. That's like point zero zero one percent gold.
0: Yeah, who's the well, most well one of my other players in that
3: one was Julio. So that was bad. R.I.P. And hit. then uh, I think I may have clicked something Richard Higgins for a devil in that one, oh, no. and he
2: posted a moose <laughs> egg. Yeah.
0: Didn't even have a target in that game against the Bengals, so no bueno there. But yeah, we are here to give you DFS picks. Hopefully you can tell them correctly, like DP, and make a bit of money. And again, I think you can apply some of our analysis to your season-long league's as well, Before we get into the info, I would urge you, if you are a fan of the show and you haven't done so already, please rate, review, and share this. We are powered by your love and your commitment to us, so any little bit that you can do to help spread the word would be much appreciated. And I think that we might give away some tickets if you review the show, uh, so stay tuned for that. Um... This week is the first week with buys. It's interesting because we have a Thursday night game with a massive total. We'll get into the uh, implied team totals here in a second. That's the first thing we do to basically look at how many points a team is projected to score. And with a massive total here on Thursday night, between the Patriots and the Bucks, there are a lot of fantasy-relevant players uh, that, <laughs> that are going to be taken off the board immediately. Uh Including, I mean, the game tonight, let's just talk about it briefly. I think tonight is more about finding players that you would not play than it is finding players that you would play. Like, I think the benches tonight are probably OJ Howard and that's about it. Brett, are you still on the Gillespie train? I get the process of playing Gilsley, but in season long, are you still sticking Gillespie into your lineup?
1: Ooh, yeah, I guess it depends on your options. Gillisley is more of a DFS guy for me, uh, especially in GPPs, because he does have that upside where if they're in positive game script, he's going to touch the ball 20 times. Otherwise, he's a bit of a risk. I, yeah, it depends on your your, uh, your other options at running back. He's probably, at best, like a, a running back two, maybe a low-end running back two, depending on the matchup.
0: Yeah, because their implied team total is 29.5, and, and the whole thing with Gillisley is plug him in and hopefully he falls into the end zone multiple times, which is... Certainly a possibility tonight against Tampa Bay, but there should be a ton of points in that game. Uh, one theory, one train of thought might be to play a Thursday slate and fade the game entirely because <laughs> it is going to be popular because the total is so high. So if you are super devil, uh, that could be an option as well. So the Patriots, they do have the highest implied team total on the board at 29 and a half, but again, they are the Thursday slate. The next three highest teams are the Dallas Cowboys, playing host to the Green Bay Packers. They have an implied team total of 27. Then we got the Pittsburgh Steelers, playing host to the Jacksonville Jaguars, who post the highest defense DVOA against the pass so far, but they're dead last in the league against the run are Jacksonville, 1-32 and against the pass and run, respectively. Pittsburgh has an implied team total of 26.25. And then it is Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia Eagles playing host to the Arizona Cardinals. They have an implied team total of 25.75. So if you're playing the Thursday slate, highest implied team total, the Patriots. And then the following three are the Cowboys, Steelers, and Eagles. Brief look at the weather. Nothing to be concerned about, perhaps some light rain for Bills at Bengals, but it looks pretty clear across the board, so we can jump right into stacks, and let's start off with DP this week, because he get, did give us that gem of Scam and Funchess. Where are you going at the stacks this week, Yeah. Uh, well, let
2: me first say that uh, if you're playing Thursday Night Football, I'll just be all over the Bucks offense, because my New England Patriots can't cover a goddamn thing uh, worth their salt at all uh, moving past that uh, rich i'm taking i'm taking a page out of your book i feel like and i'm getting, getting a weird. little bit weird getting
0: weird let's get uh weird.
2: so first off i like the 49ers passing offense um i mean the colts d yeah, i don't think they've they've been good uh, allowing an average of 23 and a half points to uh, opposing qbs on DraftKings, um and they haven't really been playing the best QBs in the world. I mean, Jared Goff, okay, he's looked decent this year. Palmer, he sucks. Kaiser hasn't looked good. And Russell Wilson, I mean, I don't think Russell Wilson's looked like the Russell Wilson of old. He's been all right, but I wouldn't exactly say that those are the best quarterbacks in the world. So if they're going to be giving up a lot of points uh, to opposing teams QBs, I like opposing teams QBs. This is Brian Hoyer this week. I think you compare him with a lot of different people, and they're all fairly cheap that can then allow you to do different options elsewhere. So Hoyer, Garcon, Taylor, Goodwin. Uh, even a little Aljic Robinson. You can definitely work in Carlos Hyde because Carlos Hyde is a pass catching back who's out there all the time. And then uh, my other stack is the Miami Dolphins passing attack. Uh, I mean, Jay Cutler, 5,200. He's minus 600 this week from last week. Parker also took a dip. Landry also took a dip. Kenny Stills also took a dip. I mean, the Dolphins have looked absolutely horrible, but Tennessee's defense They haven't been that good. Uh, They've ranked 31st in DVOA, uh, 30th, I think, in in pass defense DVOA. uh, And two opposing QBs, they've given up more than 25 points on DraftKings. So I'm going to look for that Dolphins passing attack to uh, turn it back around and hopefully put up some big points where I don't think that they're going to be owned much at all.
0: I'll jump in real quick because the Dolphins are my stack as well. The Titans have been a sieve. On defense, Derek Carr's best game of the season came against the Titans. Deshaun Watson came out and destroyed the world last week against the Titans. Uh, The only team that's had a bad offensive output against the Titans so far, even the Seahawks went on the road to Tennessee and looked competent against Tennessee, are the Jags, and that's because Blake Bortles is the absolute worst at playing the quarterback position. Great bounce-back spot. For the Dolphins, first home game after a treacherous start to the season where they're flying literally all across the world to play their games. Finally, they get to Hard Rock Rock Stadium, uh, and I like all the, the cast of characters that you mentioned, obviously favoring Landry and Parker over Stills, but I'm a huge fan of stacking the Dolphins this week against a very porous Tennessee defense. Brett, you're up next.
1: Yeah, definitely good with that. Uh, Landry and Parker, two of my favorite wide receivers this week. So uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But uh, I'm looking at both passing games in this Giants-Chargers matchup on Sunday. Not so much because of who the quarterbacks are, but how much they're throwing the football early this season. uh, The Giants had the second highest pass-to-run ratio in the league so far, 69.8%, only a fraction behind the Cardinals. And the Chargers are... Fourth, 67.5% of the time they're throwing the football. Giants also operating at the fifth fastest pace in the league. The Chargers are sixth. So could be a lot of snaps in this game, which is obviously great for fantasy production. Eli is my favorite quarterback to stack this week. The question, though, is do you roll with the obvious play in Beckham or do you get sneaky with a Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram stack, or Brandon Marshall, Evan Ingram stack? There's a very good chance Casey Hayward's going to be shadowing OBJ this week. Hayward grading is the number one cornerback in football right now for players with at least 200 snaps. That's according to Pro Football Focus. Uh, He's stuck with Alshon Jeffrey last week. He's shadowed Damarius Thomas this year. So uh, there is a good chance that he will be shadowing Beckham. And Beckham also dealing with multiple injuries. So he's a stay away from me this week. I like a pivot to Shepard and Ingram with Eli in a stack. We've talked at length about how bad the charges are covering the middle of the field. That should free up some high percentage looks for Ingram. And uh, with Hayward attempting to blanket Beckham, uh, Sterling Shepard could see double-digit targets again here in Week 5. Great spot for a unique Giants passing st- uh, passing
0: stack. Shepard is so good. I- I'm actually legitimately mad that they went out and got Marshall because I think they'd be just fine running three wide with Ingram, Shepard, and Beckham, and Marshall sits out there wasting space.
1: Just watch that guy run routes. It is an art.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's one way of putting it. And he and he always has one drop every game. That is it. It, it is nothing but perplexing. That oh, I was talking about Shepard, but yeah, Marshall as oh, oh, a trainer. Yeah, yeah. A tree. yeah. I, I thought you were talking about Marshall running routes. He, he looks? <laughs> he looks like a he looks like a tree stump that's moving. Ever so slightly, and then you throw a football at him and professional athlete drops it on the turf. Like, he's the worst. But yeah, Shep's, Shep's routes are about as crisp as you can get. And this is a second-year guy who, who who shouldn't be this developed at this age, and yet he is. I, I don't know how Eli can be so lucky to have guys like Beckham and Shepard fall into his lap and still be horrific. Uh, Mo, finish up our stacks, please.
3: Okay, I actually do like playing one of my least favorite QBs in the league, Dak Prescott this week with Dez. Um, I think it gives you a little bit of leverage over everyone else flocking to these Zeke plays this week. He's been crushing it this year, 18-plus in three of the first four games. I think everyone's going to want to play him this week in what should likely be a shootout, but Dak could do some damage as well, gets the Green Bay secondary that Brett's been having us pick on all year. Des had 13 targets last week. He's still the man over there, but he hasn't turned it into that much production so far. Um, I think maybe his slow start could push some people away here, and he's definitely priced to buy at 6500 Cheaper than the likes of Randall Cobb over there, Devontae Parker, guys who are okay, but you know they really don't hold a candle to Dez in overall talent level. So... I think it's just a a good spot to play this one. I'm not the biggest fan of Dak, but this could be a good week for him.
0: All right, let's get to some standalone quarterbacks then. Brett, you're up first. I think we were all on Deshaun last week. That was fun to watch him scamper around, run for touchdowns, throw for touchdowns. I know we, we can't promise magic like that every week, but do you have a standalone quarterback that is going to catch your eye this week?
1: Yeah, Donnie mentioned the 49ers earlier. I think in terms of point-per-dollar projection, Brian Hoyer might be the best play on the board this week in any position. He's only 4,700 against the Colts, but I have no idea who to stack him with. There's no consistency in the market share in this offense. Last week, Aldrich Robinson, Trent Taylor combined for 22 targets. What is that? And Marquise Goodwin limited in practice on Wednesday. I'm not sure if he's even going to line up this week. I, I think if I'm going to pair Hoyer with a wide receiver, it's still going to be Garcon. But I think you're fine just rolling with Hoyer naked because the price is ridiculously low. And then uh, I like, I want to stack Carson Palmer this week. I just don't know who to stack him with. I mean, last week we saw Andre Ellington at 14 targets, Drum Brown 12 targets. They're so cheap again this week. It's just it's phenomenal value for uh, stacking because all these guys are so cheap, and it just doesn't reflect. Uh, the volume in this offense, because they are passing the ball more than any other team and operating at, I think, a top three pace as well. So Carson, I want to stack him. I will stack him with uh, a few of these options, but I think he's fine uh, as a standalone play as well this week.
0: Yeah, I think I heard something absurd, like 90% of the Arizona offensive yardage output is through the air, and 80% of Philadelphia's defensive allowance is in the air. I mean oh. this this defense this defensive secondary for Philadelphia is horrible, and I feel the same way. I, it's funny. I, I think the reason why I'm not touting a Carson stack is totally my bias because I have him in season long in so many places where I just started streaming him at, at the beginning of the season and he's just had so many good matchups that I've just left him in my lineup. So I I think personally I don't want any more exposure to Carson. I have already have a weekly roller coaster with him, but I certainly get. Wanting to get him into your DFS lineups because that Philadelphia matchup is pretty juicy. That secondary uh, leaves a lot to be desired. All right, Mo, what standalone QBs do you have for this week? Well, I like Jacoby Brissett a lot.
3: Um, you know, he looked terrible on national TV in front of everybody, but this week, much friendlier matchup against the Niners, who were absolutely eviscerated. Through the air by Jared Goff. And then they last week followed that up by allowing 357 yards on seven yards per attempt to Carson Palmer, the corpse of Carson Palmer, who we have been this down on every time we watch him. But he looked fine when he faced the Niners. So I'm guessing Brissette can do some damage this week. Uh, His running ability... And, you know, you can definitely stack him with T.Y. T.Y.'s big playability adds a lot of upside there. But if you're not comfortable with throwing T.Y. out there, which is understandable since he's really only had one good game with Brissette at the helm, you know, you can play Brissette on his own here. DP, any standalone plays for you?
2: I'm um, sticking with my guy, the Deshaun Watson. I mean, listen, he's got a nice... Price bump this week. Um, He went up 1,100 on DraftKings. He's now 6,200. I know he's playing Kansas City, but I don't mind him at home against Kansas City. Uh, If he was going into Arrowhead, it would be a totally different situation to me. Honestly, I think in terms of standalone QBs, Watson is still the best player on the board. I get that it might be a bit chalky, um, but I can forego some chalk uh, with Deshaun Watson as a standalone QB and make up for it elsewhere, I think. I'm I'm pretty confident that I can do that. Um, so yeah, I mean, Deshaun Watson for me, 6,200, best standalone option.
0: Let's move on to the running back position. DP will go back around the horn start with you first. Give us some RBs you like. So first off was my,
2: a guy that I left off my stack tier. I figure i talk about him here, but, uh, I like Todd Gurley. I know he's 8,000. I know he's going to be chalky, but I like if I compare him with the Rams D um, I, I would I would definitely have some exposure to Todd Gurley, most importantly, because of what Sean McVay has been doing with Gurley in the passing game. Um, I think that just puts his, his value through the roof. Um, after that, I would be looking at uh, Jordan Howard. I think that Tariq Cohen is still pretty much all the rage over in Chicago. And when a team is going to be sticking a rookie quarterback in, I don't think he's just going to be dropping back and throwing the ball all over the field. Uh, Howard, he gets his touches still. I expect him to see around 20 attempts this game uh, in the rushing game and then uh, 20 to 25 total touches overall. And I think he has the ability to get upwards of 20 to 25 points on DraftKings. I mean, he's a good player. And then uh, third option at running back, I think this guy's a bit uh, under the radar this season. Um, We always talk about how he's not even really a running back. He's converted to basically a slot receiver, and that's Duke Johnson for the Browns. I mean, 4,900. Um, he's produced some nice games, uh, last two weeks, 21 and 22 points on DraftKings, respectively. I mean, the guys he gets, he gets touches. It may not be in the running game all the time, it's generally in the passing game when he's getting dump offs. But if you can get a, uh, Pass-catching heavy back as a running back and slide him into your to your lineup on DraftKings where it's a PPR format. All the more power to you, and he's only 4900 so I really like his price.
0: The slot is absolute gold against the Jets as well because of our good friend Buster Screen who plays inside in nickel packages and cannot guard the door. I want to touch on, uh, first of all, Tree Cohen, guys. Uh, can only use him in the night slate, to just rem- remember that. And Gurley. Uh, Let me turn to Brett real quick because I think he's my favorite running back as well. And I think it's because he's not going to be chalky because I think people are going to look and see Seattle and the price and click away while the Seahawks are 30th in rush defense DVOA. And I think this is a phenomenal spot for Gurley who's just torching the world. Brett, what do you think about ownership here for TG?
1: Yeah, looking at the fantasy lab's projected ownership, I think they had Gurley too high. They've got Gurley at seventeen to twenty percent. I don't think that's gonna be I, I'm I think it's gonna be closer to like ten to twelve because both Bell and Elliott are in really good spots this week. I think if people are gonna pay up, they're gonna lean that way. So um yeah, Gurley, I, I don't expect his ownership to be that high. All
0: right, we'll keep it with you, Brett, running back position. Give us some backs that you're looking for on Sunday.
1: I'm all over Le'Veon Bell this week. He's going to be popular after last week's breakout game against Baltimore, but I don't mind eating the chalk and getting creative at other positions this week. Uh, As you mentioned earlier, Rich, this Jags team is such an interesting matchup because they have arguably the best pass defense in the NFL, but they've been gashed on the ground. We saw what the Jets did to them last week. Jacksonville dead last in run defense DVOA, according to Football Outsiders. They're averaging 5.7 yards per carry. And 165 yards per game so far this season, both dead last in the NFL. Le'Veon, who looked phenomenal last week, I think he's going to eat again this week at home in positive game script. I'll be loading up. And then uh, paying down, I definitely like Duke Johnson. Love Duke Johnson this week. But uh, in that same price range as DeMarco Murray at 5400 I don't know what this price is considering the matchup here against Miami. The Dolphins linebackers are a horror show in coverage. Murray's still the featured back on passing downs. He's averaging around 20 pass routes per game. Only seven for Derrick Henry through four games. Uh, they're priced right next to each other. So give me the guy who is going to be seeing more action against a pitiful Miami linebacking core. A
0: positive DeMarco Murray review from Brett but what, what is this price though? Well, that's what I mean. It's worth its weight in gold coming from you because you are the number one DeMarco detractor on planet Earth. So any positive touting from you, guys, run, don't walk to put DeMarco Murray in your <laughs> D.K. lineups.
1: Of course, this will be the week where <laughs> yeah. Henry just takes all the snaps.
0: Yeah, 40 carries for Derrick Henry. The the Jacksonville rush defense DBA thing is very interesting to me because I feel like they got into a tough spot against Tennessee where they got into negative game script and Tennessee just ran downhill. Against them, and then last week against the Jets, let's be honest, that power run was a joke. That, that weird belly flop, nobody touched him. Get up and run, and then there was one Elijah McGuire run in the second half, which was a sixty-yard play where he just got shot out of a cannon. So I, I'm still I still have hope for this Jags defense, but it's it is a terrific spot for Le'Veon Bell nonetheless because uh, Pittsburgh's offense is kind of weird right now. It's it's not as explosive as one would have thought coming into the season and if anybody can remedy that from both catching it from out catching the ball out of the backfield and just running the ball, it is Bell and it's a nice get right spot spot for them coming home uh against after a tough game in Baltimore last week. Mo, you got any running backs for us? Yeah, I have some running back plays.
3: Um for one thing, I don't know how you don't love Carlos Hyde this week. Uh sixty nine hundred in a beautiful matchup against Indy. I think you can do some interesting game stacks here. And I uh, like pair up the Niners and and the Colts. Uh especially going with Carlos Hyde and then and then Brissett and maybe TY if you want to go with the stack there. Uh you know, he's been much more involved as a as a pass catcher this year. Indy defense on short rest. They allowed five yards per carry to, speaking of corpses, the corpse of Eddie Lacey last week. Easy, in this Hawks,
0: easy. O-line. You can get the
3: number one Eddie Lacy truth on planet Earth here. Come on, man. I was a little bit of a fan of Lacey too, actually. But you, at some point, you got to just say, this guy, he's cheeseburgered his way out of being a professional athlete. <laughs> um, and then I got another really a really weird play for you guys, but I think I'm even actually a little more confident after hearing you guys tout and how much you guys love Duke Johnson. I think there's a super buy low of spot available here on Isaiah Crowell. Uh, you know he's been atrocious so far, admittedly. Uh, but the Jets are twenty seventh versus the run so far, and anyone—this is the reason I like this—is that anyone clicking a Browns back is just gonna click Duke here. He's two K or two hundred more, and he's posted two straight twenty point weeks. So I think you could pivot off him and go with Crowell. And if they're if the Browns have a lead, then Crowell, you know, might be the one doing the damage
0: here. Fournette had. Illions and killions of space to run last week. I mean, I said in the recap pod, he scored the game-winning touchdown, but it was called back for holding. And if you watch the first series of the game, Jacksonville walked down the field against the Jets, running the ball, and then the Jets tied it up on that weird Powell play, and we were off to the races. But it seemed like Jacksonville moved the ball just fine on the ground when they needed to. Um, I don't. I don't hate the call. I. And it's devil as hell. Because no, nobody... Bre, is anybody clicking Isaiah Crowell? Does Fantasy Labs even have a positive number next to Isaiah Crowell's name?
1: Yeah, it just says Mo on it. Mo's <laughs> the only guy clicking on You know what, though? I, I like this play in GPPs because uh, Crowell's production is so dependent on game flow. If the Browns are operating a positive game flow, Crowell's going to be on the field. He only saw 22 carries last... Or 22 snaps last week. But he's seen as many as 52 so far this season. And that was when uh, the Browns were in the game against Pittsburgh in week one. So maybe, I mean, he's going to have, he's a guy who could fall into the end zone twice against this Jets defense. So I I don't hate it.
0: You almost stuck an adjective in there before Jets defense, and I would have been affronted by it.
1: (laughs) You know what, though? I, I didn't because they've actually looked.
0: They look decent, Coney Ely. So far this year, what is Coney Ealy on PFF? Like a ninety? What are the Patriots doing, Donnie? That, my friend, is a very good question. (laughs) I mean, if you
2: if you look at the Patriots, uh, you know their general free agent signings or trades or what, just overall acquisitions in the Bill Belichick era, they're not overly great. I mean, they're, they're you know, a lot of guys that they bring in, oftentimes it's mostly on, the you know, in the wide receiver section. They never seem to mesh well with Brady and they never seem to understand the offense. They always seem to come in here. There's a big name. I mean, Rand, uh, uh, Randy Moss is the outlier, but some of the other guys that have come in haven't really been able to click well. Um, and then on defense, it just, I don't know, it never seems to work out. So I don't know what they're doing. I mean, they they cut him, but that's the whole Patriots way. We don't like this guy's attitude, so we're going to get rid of him even though he's a talent, but we don't want to put up with that. Unless you're a talent like like Gronkowski, they're just not going to put up with your crap, and they're going to let you go. I mean, we saw it uh, with Chandler Jones a couple years ago. We saw it last year with Jamie Collins. So that's just, quote-unquote, the Patriot
0: way. The Patriot way. All right. Tony
2: Ely, by the way, uh,
1: averaging 38 snaps per game, grading it at 83.
0: Yeah. He's killing it right now. He almost had a pick six last week, for fuck's sake. Uh, he's been fun to watch, especially with uh, Sheldon Richardson across the country. All right, let's step into the Blue Apron kitchen. Are you ready to for dinner the Blue Apron way? Blue Apron's uniquely integrated model means better ingredients, better pricing, and a better planet for all of us. Blue Apron has pioneered a different model Delivering fresher, higher in quality food From the farm to the kitchen Avoiding long and wasteful detours At costly grocery stores New chefs get $30 off their first order By using our link BlueApron.com/gridirongamble. And this week You can choose from Spicy beef curry With crispy mung beans Tex-Mex chicken And cheesy rice with cone cabbage And carrot slaw and an old-fashioned favorite, shrimp and spaghetti marinara with spinach. Remember, $30 off your first order by going to blueapron.com slash gridirongamble. Support the collective and your stomach. Go to blueapron.com slash gamble. Wide receiver position. And we'll start with you, Brett. Give us some pass catchers. You mentioned two of them earlier. Both of them play in South Florida. Talk, tell us about Devontae Parker and Jarvis Landry.
1: Yeah, Devontae Parker is 6,600. He should be, I think he should be like 7,500. How can you not like Parker this week after seeing what the Texans did to this Titans defense last week? Parker is a matchup nightmare for Tennessee. I I have no idea what they're going to do against him. Whether he's lining up against Adderry Jackson, LaShawn Sims, Parker's going to have a field day at home. Uh, I didn't mention Cutler in the stack section earlier, but you could definitely go there as uh, a couple of you guys were all over that one. And I think it's fine uh, I, because, well, I think Parker and Landry are both going to have reasonably high ownership, probably as high as 20%. Nobody's going to click on Cutler. So I, I'm fine with that. Uh, Parker, I think is the best wide receiver on the board this week. And, and Jarvis Landry lining up in the slot against Logan Ryan is also in a great spot. So uh, I like both of those guys. And I think this is a good bounce back spot and kind of a similar situation in Indy for T.Y. Hilton at 6,000. I don't know how the Niners are going to defend Hilton with these cornerbacks. They can, uh, the Colts can line him up all over the field. He's going to have a huge mismatch at every spot. So a great opportunity for Hilton to bounce back after a lousy showing last week. Like, like Mo said, he's only had one good game this year. I think it's, it's in a really good spot this week. And then if you're going to go devil, I like Jeremy Macklin at 4,200 against this pitiful Raiders pass defense. Uh, the targets really spread out in this Ravens offense, but Macklin does lead the team with 20 so far, uh, sneaky GPP player this week. Just, just in case he does hit a home run against the Raiders.
0: Mo, you talked about T Y Hilton as a potential stack with Brissett. You talked about Des Bryant, a potential stack with your favorite quarterback, in the National Football League. What other pass catchers are you targeting on Sunday?
3: Well, you guys have already mentioned Jarvis Landry a bunch. I marked him down, so I'm going to skip him. Um, what is this Jerron Brown price? 4500 against a decimated Philly secondary. Uh, John Brown and JJ Nelson both slowed down by injuries. And as a consequence, Jerron's targets the past three weeks 12, 6, and 11. Just too much upside here to ignore at $4,500. I really like playing Jerron Brown in this spot uh, as they just refuse to bump bump his price up. Uh, Another interesting one for me, another deep threat, uh, Sammy Watkins. We already talked about how this Hawks defense is more exploitable than people think. Uh, But, you know... They are a little better against the pass, I think. But Sammy Watkins, he's got the type of speed. He is the type of explosive athlete that Richard Sherman really has struggled with in the past. I mean, these guys are better at playing physical brand of cornerback and jamming you at the line. But if you you can get out in the open field and just start running, uh, they do struggle at times. Ty Hilton, other speed receivers have burned them in the past. I think Sammy Watkins at five K is worth rolling the dice here. Um, if he can beat them downfield once or twice, and Golf can find him, you know, it's a good spot. And unlike you guys, I thought maybe Gurley would actually be popular. So I think, especially if people are clicking on Gurley. Nobody is going to click on Sammy Watkins. This past the only 19th in the league so far. Watkins coming in really, really on a buy low spot after he
0: did nothing last week. I like an L.A. receiver in this game, but it's not Watkins. I'll get to it in a second. I'll let DP go and tell us the pass catchers he's targeting.
2: Well, I'm all over uh, Jerron Brown with Mo. Um, I mean, he's good. He's not too pricey. Targets are there. And the Eagles secondary is still suspect to me. So uh, we've talked about that many times. So I really like Jerron Brown here. Uh, And then I also like uh, another guy that Mo liked, Des Bryant. Uh, I'm not going to be somebody who rosters him with Dak. I'm just not big on Dak. I tried to like him uh, for the stack section. I really did. I wanted to. I looked at him for... Uh, you know, a good long time, but I just I can't get behind Dak Prescott, but I will get behind Des Bryant for whatever reason. Um, uh, I mean, and he's also up against a bad, uh, a bad Green Bay defense and what projects to be a high scoring game. And then also sticking with that game, I really like Jordy Nelson this week. Um, I think a lot of people are going to be on uh, Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson, um, but I can avoid some of the chalk by only playing Jordy Nelson and not playing Aaron Rodgers. Um, both are very pricey, uh, Jordy Nelson's at 8,100 again, really good player, um, high scoring projection and Dallas secondary. I don't think is that good either. So, uh, I'll have some, some plays with some, uh, Jordy Nelson, Des Bryant.
0: I'll quickly piggyback off. I love Des Bryant this week, 6,500. This guy's $500 cheaper than Doug Baldwin. He's cheaper than Larry Fitzgerald. And he's the most elite red zone target I've ever seen in a game that feels like it will be high scoring and high paced on both sides. And people just, I don't know, they get a sour taste in their mouth when talking about Des Bryant. Uh, but I still think the guy is phenomenal. And he gives Dak a great blanket down in the red area. Uh, obviously, the Dolphins receivers, if you don't like playing Cutler, I'm okay with swallowing some chalk there. And then my cheaper options, Dante Moncrief, 3900 that seems criminally low. For him, Uh, I know that it's hard to buy into this Colts offense, but I think it's a a pretty good matchup against the Niners who like to push some pace. Uh, So I just think that's way too low a price. And speaking of low prices, for all the same reasons I mentioned last week, and he nearly caught a touchdown, I think it's fine to click on Robert Woods at $3,700. Many of the reasons that most stated as well. I think this Hawks defense is overstated. And when Woods is on the field, uh, he's going to be aggressive and attack. This defense deep, which is really where you want to go against Seattle. You want to test them and uh, and push them downfield. So I think Woods is a nice devil play at 3,700. Again, he, he nearly caught a touchdown last week, got called back. I, I think on review, I I honestly thought it was a touchdown. But uh, he's, he's super cheap, much cheaper than Watkins. And uh, I think they play the same role, and you're just getting a discount with Robert Woods. And I'm looking at
1: these target, the target share in this Rams passing offense. No wide receiver has seen more than seven targets yet. How spread out are they? Yeah, that's, that's pretty impressive.
0: I mean, Everett gets involved, yeah, of course. Higby. of course, yeah. Higby gets involved, of course. Gurley gets involved out of the backfield. That's the McVay way. It's spread the ball around and just throw to whomever is open. And and these easy passes have made golf's life so so much better having so many options and always having an open player on each play. All right. Tight ends. We do not have to ask one very important question this week because of the Thursday game. Can I just start here? Is the tight end position just target whoever's playing the Browns and the Giants? Is that it? Can we just end the segment right there? Pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Mo, I'll let you go first because you did target the Browns last week. You did give us Tyler Croft. What do you got this week?
3: Well, I know this is going to shock you. Going to the well? I've got ASJ. <laughs> Cleveland uh, 25th versus tight ends. This is no surprise to us. We've talked about before how much we've seen opposing tight ends just torch the Browns. We, we mentioned Jason Witten last year. That still was the worst. I mean, just letting slow, over-the-hill Jason Witten romp into the end zone at will has just stuck in my memory. And Safarian Jenkins has been doing a little bit of damage. Uh, you know, he's caught nine of his ten targets through the last two games when he's gotten the trust of the coaching staff and gotten on the field. So I think he's very playable. Uh at a nice price of thirty five hundred against the Browns. Um and then another one, Martellus Bennett, Cowboys, twenty-eighth versus tight ends. If Devontae uh sits, I think Bennett is definitely in line for probably ten targets. He's already been getting like six or seven uh per game. One of the most targeted players, but just really hasn't produced a ton so far. Too many drops, but, you know, he can clean that up. Still a talented player. And, uh, you know, even if Devontae plays, I, I think Bennett's still going to have a nice share, and he- he's pretty
0: affordable as well. I nearly mentioned this in the stack section as an ultra-devil stack. This is the Cade revenge game. Cade against the Browns. I don't hate a Cade ASJ stack. I don't hate it. I think it could be just fine. That, I looked at McNown too. I, I, it's not hateful, the old Cade ASJ stack. You, you may have to uh, take a bath immediately after hitting submit, but it's not hateful. Brett, where are you going at tight end?
1: Well, I mentioned Evan Ingram earlier. I, he's a fantastic play again this week, but my favorite tight end in that game and my favorite tight end on the board this week is my guy, Hunter Henry. 3,800. Last week, he ran the most routes he has all season, 25. He only got three targets, but made that great catch in the back of the end zone for the touchdown. That's what we rely on with Hunter Henry is red zone targets. And this week, he gets a Giants defense that has allowed the most fantasy points to tight ends so far this season. Look at this production so far against the Giants. Witten, 7 for 59, touchdown. Ebron, 5 for 42, touchdown. Ertz, 8 for 55, touchdown. And then last week, Cameron Great. Four for 80 and a touchdown. And O.J. Howard had that long touchdown reception out of the tight end slot. There's no secret here. The Giants linebackers, Cassius Goodson, they can't cover tight ends. Hunter Henry's a really good tight end. And I think most DFS players are going to be targeting the other tight end in this matchup, Evan Ingram. So give me the lower-owned Hunter Henry at a discount. Bold call here this week. Hunter, Hunter Henry goes for eight catches, two touchdowns. I think a great way to save salary on DraftKings this week is to go double tight end with a game stack, Ingram, Henry, Bookett. I, I love Hunter Henry this week.
0: Not only have I heard you said the tight end on the other side, I've heard multiple fantasy touts talk about Antonio Gates this week, which I don't understand. I don't get it. Is it? Are they just being devil? Are they scared of? Are they scared of the chalk? That might come with Hunter Henry. I I don't, I don't think. I am perplexed. All I've heard is people how, say Antonio how, Gates.
1: How is Hunter Henry going to be chalk? That's what the I guys mean. He's put up zero points twice already this
0: year. Yeah, he fell into the end zone once, and that's about it. I, I don't understand the Gates love. I think this is this is Hunter Henry's coming out party. It feels like against this insanely bad Giants defense, at least against tight end. Uh, DP, what you got? So. I like Evan Ingram. Uh,
2: You know, the points haven't really been there, like Brett said, uh, but he's still really good to me. Targets are there. The Chargers defense isn't too good against tight ends, but I absolutely love Brett's guy, Hunter Henry. Uh, I mean, Brett said it all. Giants are not good against tight ends, and Henry is one of the best tight ends in the league, talent wise. I don't think that, you know, a lot of people even recognize who the hell Hunter Henry is, so I don't think he's going to be too popular. Um, and Brett said it all. I agree with everything that he said um, at just 3,800. I love Henry, Hunter Henry this week. Uh, another guy I'm looking at, somebody that I've been looking at all year, uh, Charles Clay, 4,800. Uh, he's a favorite of Tyrod Taylor. He's athletic and has great run after catch ability. Um, and and with, with now with Jordan Matthews out, I mean, those targets are going to have to go somewhere. Clay was already getting targets as is. Um, I mean, yeah, some will go to Zay Jones, but Zay Jones hasn't been looking too good. Um, So I, I mean, just the fact that, Tyrod's got to put the ball somewhere. Uh, Charles Clay is a really good option. He's a favorite. He's sort of a you know a blanket, a safety blanket for uh, for Tyrod Taylor. So give me some some Charles Clay. He is a little bit pricier at forty eight hundred, but um, I still think it's worth it.
0: He is the de facto W R one for the Bills, right? He has to be, right, Brett?
2: Yeah, not even close.
1: <laughs> now especially now with Jordan Matthews out, I mean, who, who are they gonna throw the ball to?
0: Yeah, it it nobody but. Our boy, Big Play Clay. My last tight end, if you want to be disappointed on Sunday, if you want to find yourself at 7.30, 7.45 Eastern time, sitting on your couch, wondering why you put this person in your DFS lineup, if you could have only had any other tight end to put you over the top, if you're looking for maximum disappointment, then put Jared Cook in your lineup Baltimore is last in DVOA defending the tight end. They perform 78 percent worse than the mean. 78 percent worse than the mean when covering the tight end. Uh, we saw Mercedes Lewis come out of the grave and score a touchdown against this team in London. And last three, three, and, three touchdowns. <laughs> and last week when uh, when Edge Manuel. Came out of the grave as well. I didn't even know he was still in the league to play quarterback in Carr's absence. He's starting this week because of the back injury. He threw his best pass down the seam to Cook, who, of course, dropped it. But it would have been a touchdown. So uh, an inexperienced quarterback in a tough game against Baltimore. The tight end will be his blankie. And uh, Jared Cook will likely drop a lot of passes and make you upset. So if you want that, then put him in your lineup. All right, Defense. Special teams, Brett, finish strong. What you got?
1: Well, once again, I mean, I, I like Carson Palmer a lot this week, but I think it's a it's an offense you can attack on the other side of the ball too. So I like the Eagles against Carson and the Cardinals. Uh, the Eagles' pass rush is tremendous. Great opportunity for sacks and turnovers at home against Carson this week. And if I have the salary to pay up, I will get some Bortles service in Pittsburgh this week. 3900 for the Steelers defense against Blake Bortles in negative game script. Steelers really getting, getting to the quarterback so far this year. They're second in the NFL in sacks. They forced eight turnovers. I like stacking the Steelers defense with Le'Veon Bell a lot this week. If you have the salary for it, that's going to be tricky because they are the two highest uh, at their respective positions. But... Uh, yeah. Bortles on the road in negative game script is just too good to be true.
0: DP, give us some DST.
2: So I like the Rams. Uh, I mentioned them a little bit earlier, uh, you know, when I, when I brought up Todd Gurley, I I mean, I think the Rams defense is pretty good. Um, I don't think that the Seattle offense is that good at all, especially that offensive line. Um, I mean, Russell Wilson feels like he's in, in a spot that he's been in a lot of his career where he's, he's trying to do it all himself. Um, uh, Last week, uh, a lot of the points from Russell Wilson came because you know the Indianapolis Colts have no idea how to play defense whatsoever. They just rushed three, dropped eight, 30 yards behind the line of scrimmage, and decided to let Russell Wilson run all over the place, um, which is not how you defend a quarterback like Russell Wilson. I think that Wade Phillips has done a really good job with this Rams defense, and he will do a much better job this week at home uh, with the Seahawks coming in. Uh, So the Rams at 2,800 is a good play to me. And like I said earlier, you can uh, stack them with uh, Todd Gurley. And then I also like the Bills. The Bills have been playing really well on defense. They're always seem to be really well on defense. Um, And Andy Dalton has been known to turn the ball over. I know that he went nuts last week and he scored a ton of points, but I don't expect that Andy Dalton to show up every single week. Um, And I really like what this Bills defense has done. I mean, look what they just did when they went down to Atlanta and played Um, you know, what's supposed to be one of the best high-powered offenses in the game. I mean, yes, there were some injuries um, to a lot of the players in the Falcons, but still on the road and a tough place to play against a high-scoring offense, a high-scoring passing offense. Um, The Bills have shown me that they're they're really good this year on defense, and uh, I really like to play them at 2,600. I mean, it just feels like a steal to me. It feels really cheap. I don't like to pay up for defenses at all, so give me some Buffalo Bills.
0: Mo, you're up. Well,
3: let's just get out of the way that it looks to me like the Ravens are going to be the for sure the chalk of the week uh, at 2,900 uh, facing EJ Manuel. And, you know, it's it's understandable. Uh, I can definitely get behind playing the Ravens. But I think that also creates a really interesting opportunity to instead go to the Raiders this week, also at 2,900. Um,
0: This is the week? Is
3: this, this the week? This could definitely be the week. Uh, this Baltimore offense has been a complete disaster. Pitt absolutely choked the life out of them last week. Uh, could do absolutely nothing until Pitt started falling asleep a little bit, up, what was it, 20 nil. These guys are just terrible. And at the very least, we know Khalil Mack can rack up some sacks for us against a what is a pretty poor offensive line. Uh, I like Donnie's Bills call. That I don't know how I didn't pick up on that. They are definitely too cheap. Um another one I see in the bargain bin, Donnie mentioned it, it's the Rams attacking this really poor Seattle offensive line also on short rest. Priced at just 2800. You know, they haven't been the best so far this year, but you can always rack up sacks against Russell Wilson If you're halfway disciplined and just go after this putrid O-line.
0: So there's a player on the injury report from yesterday. We only have one day's data for Sunday's games. He was a limited participant, and he plays the quarterback position for the Tennessee Titans. Marcus Mariota left that game with a hamstring injury. And if there is any scenario where he sits on Sunday, 100% exposure— to the Dolphins at 2700. Matt Castle is one of the worst quarterbacks you will ever see. Career completion percentage below 60, which is abhorrent. I'm on pro football uh, reference right now. If you look at his comps through his first six and seven seasons, where he was actually a starter in the league. You've got legends of the game like Matt Schaub and Josh Freeman and David Garrard and Kyle Orton. This guy is the wotest of wotes. He is a testament to how Goat Belichick is by somehow winning ten games with 11, some, 11. 11 games with something Castle. So if Mariota is a uh, is a scratch on Sunday, get all of the Dolphins' defense into your lineup.
2: Just to back up your claim there, Rich, um, I mean, the Vegas books don't have that line on the board. I know the Super Contest line is out in that game. So that just goes to tell you that they're not confident that he's going to be uh, close to playing. Usually they'll they'll put something out there. You'll see a few books have some lines up. It's totally off the board in Vegas, which says that he's likely going to be um, a game time decision or, you know, in the least very late on Friday coming out of the injury report.
0: Yeah, they're reading the tea leaves. It feels like Mariota will be a scratch. Quote, Matt Castle will get ready to play. Again, just reading tea leaves, but it feels like it could be uh, a Matt Castle game, which means in season long as well, if you're streaming defense, don't be afraid to, to pick up Miami right now before we get the news and everybody runs to the wire, because I think this is a great matchup. Castle is the absolute worst.
1: Yeah. And the absolute worst line last week after he filled in for Mariota. Four for ten with three turnovers?
3: <laughs> what is that?
1: Wait, he had three?
0: I thought it was just two.
1: He had two picks and he lost a fumble.
0: <laughs> That's scary. He's so bad. And the Dolphins defense is nothing to write home about. Their front is pretty uh, formidable. The linebackers leave a lot to be desired. But it's Matt Castle, so <laughs> got to get the Dolphins in your life.
3: And that's speaking the of uh, Speaking of bad, can I just say I was thinking Donnie just made me realize I think we I think we need to add Zay Jones to the list of of fake uh, football players. He he's gonna I think he's creeping right up there with Brashad Perriman and Kevin White. I've never heard of who are the, the Kevin White and Brashad, I've never heard of those guys. Right. They play and football. I thought I had heard about something called Zay Jones in the preseason. Yeah, well, I don't think it's real. Same
2: thing. I, I actually, before the podcast, I was looking into the Bills wide receivers knowing that Jordan Matthews is out. And and I, I stumbled across Zay Jones' targets. And I say stumbled because I have no idea that he has 17 targets <laughs> through the season. Yeah, because I, he only has... I'm shocked. He only has four catches on those 17 targets. <laughs> I mean, what? I don't... I mean, the one, the one was, what was it? The one game when I think Tyrod missed him for yeah. that game-winning touchdown. I get that one. But other than that, I mean, Zay Jones has been
0: totally, he's just missing. MIA. I mean, he's, he's a rookie, guys. There we go. Bert Minati defending his Catch boys. the
2: ball. <laughs> I mean, I don't understand. You're a rookie. Who cares? Catch the stupid ball.
1: The Bills make me want to
0: Something Zay Jones. If you guys want any more information from these guys, don't be afraid to tweet at them. We've got at Brett Colson, C-O-L-L-S-O-N, at Mo Nuwara, N-U-W-W-A-R-A-H, and at Donnie underscore Peters. I'm at Rich T. Ryan. Again, please subscribe, rate, review, share. Your love powers this podcast. We will see you tomorrow morning for our super contest selections. Hopefully, we're not shit again. Until then, peace. Out!